because of foreign wars we wage. More to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the dancing wind. Taking your rights to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, MTAP Committee, live from historic Rogan County, Tennessee. And we are deep, deep into the Christmas season. It is the holiday season that is quickly coming to a abrupt end. I mean, it's just so quick. It's so fast. It's coming. It's almost here. It's almost gone. And this has been one of the craziest years ever because on the one hand, the entirety of spring felt like it was multiple years, especially if you were one of the folks locked down because of the COVID-19. But then for those of us who were fortunate enough to get to go back to work, the rest of the year has just flown by and it's like a big old chunk is missing, but it is now. For the benefit of those of you listening to the show via rebroadcast on great radio stations across the country, the time of the live broadcast is December 20th, the 20th. It's 12-20-2020, and uh, it's a few brief moments after 3 p.m. Eastern uh, as we're doing this live. I am scheduled to be joined in the second hour by our usual Wednesday night guest, Ron Edwards. I was in touch with him just a little while ago, so everything still seems to be copacetic. So I'm presuming no issues will get in the way of that, but uh, I don't want to get too cocky about it because crazier things have happened. But in the meanwhile, 
we've got a lot of things to try to get to and cover it. I intend to do exactly that, including giving a shout-out to the host of Simple Facts of Life. His name is Chief, and he is already in the BTR chat room with me today. Hey, Chief, how are you? Uh, Mal, I mean, it's the 20th. It's the Sunday before Christmas. A lot of folks are already enjoying their holiday vacation. So once again, I want to wish everybody out there, for those of you who are already enjoying your time off, for those of you who have a few more days to put in before you get some time off, or for those of you who work jobs where you simply do not get any time off at all because you're working to make sure the rest of us have things that we absolutely have to, then thank you so very much. <laughs> Chief says, I are still breathing. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's a good thing, I think. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, unless they don't do that on Zone Tar, I, I, I'm, I'm not certain. Anyway, let's jump into uh, some topics before we get too far too far down the rabbit hole, and I don't have an opportunity to discuss the items that I want to. And we will start off with something that I think should be of major concern here in the United States as well, because we're seeing a new narrative form. Now, a lot of us have already been asking the question that when it comes to COVID-19, if masks works and social distancing works, why haven't those things already cut the virus transmission way, way down? Because there was a huge point in time where just about everybody was social distancing, where just about everybody was wearing masks when they would go out and have to do those bare necessity things like pick up groceries if they couldn't have them delivered, you know, things like that. We were doing what we were supposed to do. There were very few exceptions, and you would have suspected in the amount of time we've been doing this that the people – who were not following that uh, those guidelines would have uh, gotten it, transmitted it, and be over it by now, and the rest of us should be safe. Now, some of us have been asking that question. It seems like a fairly reasonable question if the social distancing and mask actually work. Uh, truth of the matter is, like just about every other biological contaminant, proper washing of your hands and being mindful of touching your face after touching surfaces where you don't know who else has been there. Those things play a much bigger role. And obviously, uh, you don't want to be around folks who are going to be coughing and sneezing in your face. Uh, hopefully, you're not around anybody so rude as to do that. But, you know, you take the necessary precautions involving hand sanitizer, uh, you know, disinfectant sprays like Lysol, not to give them an ad, but hey, if they want to send some uh, change this way, uh, I'll take it. I'll consider it a Christmas bonus. Thank you, Lysol. Go ahead. I'll mention you by name. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. They're not going to do that. Uh, but with all that in mind, now we have the vaccine, right? Now, first and foremost, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of ongoing anger when it comes to the fact that it's being made abundantly clear right now that businesses – are going to be able to require you to become inoculated. You're going to have to take the vaccine or they can terminate your employment. Legally, uh, for better or for worse, they can do that. A lot of people are spending a lot of time focusing on that. But the real issue isn't that some businesses may do that. The real issue is how far down the road is it going to be before this 
uh, vaccine or any of the vaccines currently in the pipeline are going to be available for just regular average workaday, I'm still in the workforce uh, Americans. It's going to be a bit. I mean, right now, they're literally having arguments about where to prioritize. Now, you notice that when it came to the government types, the ones who wanted it, they didn't have to wait. They were out there. In fact, we're making a show of it. We're going to virtue signal. And a lot of this was done by folks on both sides. But that's a lot of this. Now, I get sometimes as a leader, you want to lead by example. Sometimes a little bit of virtue signaling with something like that, it can be a positive thing. It can be even an admirable thing because at this point, let's, let's be honest, these severe allergic reactions that have been popping up with people, even those without food allergens, have been very severe in some cases, and it's enough that people should be concerned about it. Now, that doesn't mean it should stop you. What it does mean is that taking the vaccine should be your choice. Nobody should be mandating that under any circumstances. This is not the the Soviet Union. This is not communist China. This is the United States of America. But even outside of the United States, any liberty-loving, or at least claiming to love liberty, Western philosophy uh, civilization should be on the same level with this. That we should have the same standard. And that is, those who want it, it should be available. Now, making priorities, I- I'm okay with that too. The priorities should be the people that are at the highest risk, right? I think we can all agree with that. Uh, those older Americans, uh, more seasoned Americans among us who might be more susceptible and may have a few more of those underlying uh, health issues that could make them more susceptible to COVID, making COVID more dangerous for them, they should be among the priority. Uh, first responders, uh, the folks that are on the front lines trying to fight this thing, who even if they don't necessarily have a whole lot to be worried about if they were to catch it, uh, may still be in a position to spread it unknowingly to many people who are far more susceptible and far more vulnerable. So, yeah, let's do that too. But uh, then you want to turn around and take a look at communities. Which communities should you be looking at first? Now, when I say communities, I'm talking about the hardest hit parts of the country, right? If you see uh, a a county in California that uh, has 80% spike in cases, whereas a county in Nebraska maybe is holding steady or even dropping, then maybe that county in California should be prioritized a little over that Nebraska community. And it's nothing against Nebraska. It's just they don't seem to be in such dire straits, right? Common sense. These, these I say common sense. That's <laughs> uh, practically an oxymoron these days. Uh, common sense has become so rare it's practically a superpower. They're arguing right now over the use of the word communities because when the politicians are saying communities, they're not talking about places where people are. They're talking about mm, – we're talking about groups of people. We're talking about those little labels we like to put on folks. When we say communities, we're talking about the black community and the Hispanic community. Okay, I don't know why you want to use that language, and I don't know why race has to be a factor in this. But if you're going to make race a factor, then I'd like to point out at this point in time, you're the one being racist. Okay. Now, any 
area that is being particularly hard hit. Any person who may be struggling financially that makes them more susceptible to poor health care. That's not a necessarily – I'm going to use that qualifier. It's not necessarily a function of race. Now, you may take a look at statistics and say, well, statistically speaking, this race, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but again, that's that's a little – a little disingenuous if you're actually trying to help the most people because if you're not looking at the individual communities uh, at a city level, a county level, a neighborhood level, uh, and, and try and prioritize based on those levels, then you're still putting these other folks at risk as the people living in a community who may be affluent but who have uh, limited social gatherings, so they're spreading the stuff like wildfire, and uh, then people who work for them are exposed and take them back to their home. You're still putting these people at risk, and it doesn't matter, again, what color of skin, what religious background. None of that matters, but they're having that argument. Meanwhile, a whole new narrative is being set, and that narrative is that COVID-19 is already mutating. Now, why do I say that this is a narrative that they want on your mind? Why do I say that they're trying to use this to panic people? Because that's exactly what we saw in London over in the UK uh, yesterday, this Saturday. London experienced a wild weekend exodus. Happened on Saturday as residents scrambled to try and get out of the city after the UK's Prime Minister Boris Johnson declared a top-down emergency lockdown and literally, quote, canceled Christmas over concerns about this new version of the virus that causes COVID-19. Now, again, we've already been hearing the last few weeks about uh, a different version of the virus uh, starting to show up in testing uh, over in the UK in particular, and much less uh, we've heard whispers in Italy and in Spain and in Portugal too. Uh, but the UK news actually got covered a little bit better over here. Still, not a lot of coverage, but they're trying to do the slow roll. Why? Because they want you under the impression that you can take this vaccine and you can still be at risk. Well, guess what? You can take the vaccine and still be at risk. You can get the the first shot and the second shot of these first two, the Pfizer and then the Maduro. Uh, you can get both shots, and you still can potentially get COVID. The vaccine is not 100% uh, effective. It's really, really close. The odds are pretty low if it lives up to the promises being made. And I'm not saying that as if I'm doubting it. I know a lot of people out there completely uh, know the virus is just this, the virus is that, the virus is another thing. And I, I don't want to rile up anybody's feathers, and I don't want to dismiss anybody. But I'm saying from the standpoint, even if you believe everything you're being told about how great Operation Warp Speed was and how well this virus is working uh, – how well the virus is working, <laughs> how well the vaccine is working against the virus, even if you believe everything they're telling you, there is still that margin for error. Right? But it's 
less than 5% for the uh, Pfizer, and it's a little bit over 5% for the Moderna. And uh, I think it's somewhere around 90% for this third vaccine that's coming hot and heavy that only requires the single dose and doesn't have to be stored at sub-freezing temperatures. So that one's probably going to end up winning the virus war, uh, well, the vaccine war at the end of the day from the pharmaceutical standpoint. But the one of the things I pointed out in the earliest days of Operation Warp Speed is there's a reason why we don't have very many operational vaccines for other members of the coronavirus family, and that is they're constantly mutating, sometimes just the tiniest little bit, but it's enough to make a workable vaccine, especially for long-term use, nearly impossible to do. And given how long it usually takes to make a vaccine, the vaccine that you have made, the virus, the coronavirus that you made that vaccine for, for your common cold, for example, by the time you have that vaccine ready, you no longer have the same strain of cold viruses roaming around the planet. It's already changed enough that that vaccine may not work at all. And part of what we're seeing here is this panic because they've discovered this new coronavirus uh, that is still close enough that they still are claiming that it's clearly uh, a derivative from COVID-19. Uh, but uh, we're talking about Basically, a full-on panic. People wanted to get out of London before everything got locked down. So the New York Times reports. Now you know you 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 know the New York Times. You know a former newspaper. Uh, they reported that Johnson abruptly reversed course on Saturday and imposed a wholesale lockdown on London and most of England's southeast, banning Christmas season gatherings beyond individual households. All of this following uh, what they listed as evidence of a COVID-19 variant first detected several weeks ago in southeast England, which the prime minister asserted is as much as – I'm sorry, as much as 70 percent more transmittable than previous versions. Well, Katie, bar the door. The big thing about uh, the coronavirus to begin with… This COVID-19 isn't so much about how dangerous it is for the general public, but how easily transmitted it is. Now, again, I, I don't want to take away from anybody that suffered greatly from it, especially those who had underlying medical conditions that made it far more dangerous for you. I'm not playing that game. I certainly do not want to make any negative statements for anybody who's suffering from that. Okay, I, I'm not playing that game either. I'm not doing the mask sh shaming. I'm not doing the vaccine shaming. I am trying to bring to light the fact that we've seen a panicked public in the UK because of something happening that we knew was going to happen anyway. We knew because that's what viruses do, especially coronaviruses. They're notorious for them. But we see this lockdown by Boris Johnson, and everybody freaks out, and they're trying to get out of town. Now, the lockdown goes into effect on Sunday, today, time of the live broadcast, effectively cutting off London and its surrounding suburbs from the rest of the country in order to prevent the new version of the novel coronavirus from spreading beyond the country's capital. 
does this sound like a plan that's going to work? If if you give everybody a warning the day before and people panickingly leave town before your lockdown goes into effect, what have you accomplished? And in the UK, again, I would tell you that this is not something that they should be doing because I promise you the odds of it being strictly in East England are pretty slim. Just because this is where you're first finding it, where you're first discovering it, doesn't mean that that's even where it started. Now, it may be. There's still a lot of unknowns. We're still back to knowing practically nothing about the coronavirus in question, and this new variant is also going to be a little different. But the odds of it being locked down uh, just because you're locking your people down, pretty slim, and, and I would hope someone like Boris Johnson would know that. Obviously, though, he is still surrounded by a lot of folks as advisors who very much believe in the power of big government and want to try to sweep away the ideas that should be prevalent in a Western culture. Now, uh, these new measures, according to the New York Times, uh, quote, are the most severe measures the British government has taken since its imposed since it imposed a lockdown on the country back in March, and they reflect a fear that the new variant could supercharge the transmission of the virus as winter takes hold. Well, that's just so blatant. I, I, I feel like I should be saying no duh, Sherlock, but unfortunately when dealing uh, with uh, citizens of the UK, uh, I wouldn't want them to think I'm using – uh, one of their great literary heroes in a disparaging way, especially when they're clearly not living up to the expectations of someone who was so – so very, very good at following logic and making deductions based on the facts on the ground. Uh, at any rate, the panic uh, – Persuaded. So when the virus changes its method of attack, I'm quoting the prime minister here, by the way, when the, the virus changes its method of attack, we must change our method of defense. We have to act on information as we have it because this is now spreading very fast. How was it spreading before, Boris? I mean, is again, I will say, is that not what really makes the COVID 19 virus? So remarkable about how easily it passes from one host to another. I mean, wasn't that it? Again, it it has an extremely low mortality rate. Again, not wanting to take away from anybody who's suffered uh, from it, especially anybody who's lost loved ones from it. I get it. Some people have had their underlying conditions exacerbated to the point that it led to their passing, and unfortunately, COVID-19 worked as a catalyst in making that happen. I get that. doesn't change anything away from you, but at the end of the day, there are only a few unsubstantiated reports that COVID by itself actually killed anyone. Very few people die from COVID. Most people are dying from an underlying condition that they caught COVID, and that's what set them down this path. 
Whereas, had they gotten the flu this year, possibly the same thing could have happened. Uh, had they stumped their toe, possibly the same thing could have happened if you had cut yourself and gotten an infection when you did it. Uh, there's a, lots of things here that have to be taken into consideration that simply aren't even allowed to be ferreted out in the numbers when you see them. But again, I'm going to kind of go back here to question Boris's logic here because instead of locking down right then, as I kind of alluded to earlier, instead of locking down immediately, Londoners took to the streets. They were trying to get out of Dodge, or I'm sorry, London. Can't say Dodge in that case, can I? They're trying to escape. The capital of England before the new lockdowns took effect, which, of course, snarled traffic, clogged up public transportation. And in fact, according to The Sun, they were literally comparing the city's train stations, the train stations. You know, let's get inside. Uh, let's pack ourselves like sardines inside of uh, recycled air containers all packed up against one another when we're trying to flee a pandemic virus. Come on, guys. You know better than this. But they compared the train stations to war zones. They had locals skipping town before the new tough Tier 4 lockdown came into effect that started at midnight there. And the Sun also noted that traffic on the A40 leaving London was jammed in the hours after Mr. Johnson's bombshell announcement. After Twitter video posted by British reporter Harriet Clugston and now reviewed millions of times showed wall-to-wall travelers at a London train station packed shoulder-to-shoulder without concern for social distancing. Not one of them had the thought that I've got to get out of town because I'm trying to avoid the coronavirus. They're trying to get out of town to avoid being locked down again, to being kept in their homes with no way to escape, nowhere to go. Do you think that would happen here in the States now? Do you think that a place like New York City could see a mass exodus when these people who are living there finally get fed up, can't stand being cooped up anymore, and after having been forced to take a vaccine and uh, being told that it should be safe to return, but, oh, no, wait, there's a new variant, and now, sorry, these these vaccines worked so great for the first variant of the COVID-19 virus, but this new virus, this new, it's not only Not only does it transfer from person to person 70 times faster than the old one, when the old one was no slouch. (laughs) The old one, if you thought about looking at someone who sneezed, you had it, according to the way the reports are. 70 times faster than that? How fast? Can you even measure that? I want to know his source on that. I want to know the estimations, but... uh, According to uh, the Post, they noted that British scientists believe that this new version of the novel coronavirus is responsible for 70% of the city's recent cases. The New York Times says that the preliminary findings on the virus shows it quickly displacing dozens of competing versions of the coronaviruses that have been circulating for longer. 
there is no evidence that this version of the virus was more lethal or more resistant to vaccines than others. There's no evidence that the present vaccines that have been created for the earlier variants will be variants will work for this. Meaning that sure we can still make a vaccine, uh, but it may not be the same vaccine. But if it's still not any more dangerous, then aren't we still right back to where we are? And what do we need the lockdowns for? Now, again, no evidence that this version of the virus was more lethal or more resistant to vaccines than other versions of the virus. But uh, a detail particularly important is pharmaceutical manufacturers announced that it has begun shipping millions of doses of its COVID-19 vaccines, a vaccine more easily stored and administered in locations where the uh, deep freeze that preserves the Pfizer vaccine is not possible as this moves forward, the Moderna. It's still got to be kept below freezing, but it doesn't have to be kept as cold as the Pfizer version. So I don't know. What, what, what do you think? So I sneak back over into the chat room. What do you guys think? I mean, is this a legitimate concern? Is Boris Johnson uh, behaving responsibly with accordance with the information he has? Or is this more hype? Or is this even worse than that, an attempt to continue to propagate the idea, the notion that we still have to continue to be good little boys and girls because some elected official tells us to, because even when we get our shots and we get our stickers and our suckers because we did good at the doctor's office, that we still have to go straight back home and have to stay locked down. I don't know. Curious what you guys think. I just uh, I don't feel comfortable seeing that level of panic in London. Mostly because I could very easily see that level of panic happening in major U.S. cities as well. Let's take that mid-hour break right now, and uh, don't go anywhere, guys. I'll be right back. threat against our way of life be the biased leftist media, the government school system, lying preachers, etc., a new day of greatness shall soon dawn here in America. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the leftists have been trying to destroy our beloved republic ever since the founding fathers signed the Declaration of Independence. They understood that we the people were destined by God Almighty to be free and to enjoy the benefits of liberty. 
but God gave us brains to make decisions and get things done without the egotistical control freaks trying to control us from cradle to grave. I foresee an outbreak of true morality throughout the land as more and more of our fellow countrymen and women realize that in order to be truly free, we must be influenced by and put into practice the high moral standards which long ago came from God Almighty. Just know that America's enemies around the world and domestically strutting their stuff will soon collapse in utter defeat and big-time disappointment as America will truly be great again. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello and welcome to your songs and stories for soldiers, veterans, tip of the day. So, are you getting too much or too little sleep to rest your brain? According to the National Sleep Foundation, too much sleep can be just as bad as too little sleep for you. Scientists think that about seven hours sleep is the optimum for refreshing the body. Here are some tips. Go to bed at the same time every day. Keep your bedroom cool and turn off the television. This has been your Veterans Tip of the Day. I'm Dan Perkins. back. Thank you for staying with me through that very brief break. I hope you're enjoying the sounds of the season. I've got the Christmas tree lit up in the studio, and I am uh, wishing each and every one of you fine, fine folks out there, no matter where you're listening or how you're listening, a very happy holiday season, regardless of which holidays you celebrate. I wish you a Merry Christmas from me, because Christmas is what I celebrate, and it would seem hollow if I said... uh, Uh, Happy Hanukkah to everyone without mentioning the fact that, you know, I'm not Jewish. Now, I hope you're enjoying your Hanukkah season if you happen to be and you celebrate it, same as whatever other festivities. And when I say happy holidays, I'm including New Year's as well, and hopefully we get into a new year. Uh, I got kind of away from saying happy holidays. Uh, What I used to do is pretty much everything after Halloween. I used to just start wishing everybody happy holidays and continued all the way through until after New Year's Day. That way, in my mind, I was just knocking them all out of the way. I wasn't having to say, oh, yeah, uh, happy Thanksgiving, uh, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Uh, I thought I was saving some time. Then we have this big curmuffin about how many people were trying to use that to say uh, that you're trying to avoid saying Merry Christmas. Like, No, no, I was trying to include multiple holidays, not try to uh, be diminutive, dismissive of any particular one holiday or any belief or what have you. So again, whatever holidays you're enjoying or celebrating, or well, hopefully you're enjoying them, I hope that you are, and uh, I wish it to be a merry time of joy and blessings, regardless of anything else. And if that's not good enough for you, Eh, I'm afraid there's nothing I can say to make it any better. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, uh, 
We've got uh, everybody hanging out. Uh, Chief in the chat room said just as we went to break, because I was asking what everybody thought, uh, said that uh, I try not to think. Thinking will get you in the <laughs> on the wrong side of the Ministry of Truth, and uh, that seems uh, pretty accurate. And uh, then he also uh, said just a, a second or two ago here that a few days ago he watched the 1956 movie version of 1984. It was like watching the evening news. <laughs> that I do not doubt. It's kind of the modern age we're living in, isn't it? I mean, uh, if if I didn't know any better, having watched a little bit of this footage uh, of everybody trying to escape London on Saturday, it uh, looked a little bit like uh, some of the scenes from V from Vendetta. Uh, so I don't know. Uh, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Now, next story I'm going to try to get through very quickly because it's kind of important. It's not very unexpected. And it is a follow-up to something that we were talking about the other day. Of course, we were talking about uh, the new Los Angeles County District Attorney, George Gasson. Well, we talked a little bit the other day about how he had given the memo out that uh, his office and anybody working for him was not going to pursue any type of means for additional sentencing. That included hate crimes. And that got a lot of people riled up. So now, following a heavy public backlash, the Los Angeles County's newly elected and, in my humble opinion, controversial district attorney, well, he's reversed course. He made that official announcement this past Friday, reinstating the use of some sentencing enhancements for cases involving, quote, the most vulnerable victims. Meaning that, yeah, okay, I, I, when I said we weren't going to do any of those, uh, I overstepped because clearly it's okay to still use this against white people. That's, that's the real message. <laughs> but let's, let's take a look at what he actually said. Uh, we're keeping in mind that when a leftist – and he, Mr. Grisson, is as far left as it gets. He's a hand-picked George Soros dude. When you're hand-picked by the spooky dude, uh, you're a spooky dude too. But uh, in this memo to his staff, uh, good old George reportedly said that he has reevaluated his special directive issued just 11 days earlier. You know, took place right after he took the oath of office. The order banned prosecutors from seeking sentencing enhancements and required they be withdrawn from pending matters. Well, Gasson said that. Uh, he had amended that policy. He told deputy district attorneys that they may now file enhancements in a limited range of circumstances, including hate-motivated crimes, child and elder abuse cases, sex abuse, and human sex trafficking. Those are the only exceptions. And you know what? I would be willing to bet that somebody somewhere – maybe even a call from a spooky dude himself – uh, was required to convince him to include the child and elder abuse cases and the sex abuse stuff. I would be willing to bet because I'm guessing that it really has a lot more to do with that first one. Now, I know what you're thinking. Gee, Tim, there you go again. 
How many times, you hypocrite, you, how many times have you stood here and told us you don't know what's in the hearts and minds of other people and that we should give people the benefit of the doubt? Yes, that is true. I, I admit it, and I do feel a little hypocritical in this case, but I'm willing to stand by this assertion because I have given him the benefit of the doubt. I have listened to his own words when he was running for district attorney and having watched the things he's done in the short amount of time that he's held the office, and I'm quite certain of what his character is at this point. He has convinced me. Now it's up to him to convince me otherwise, so it's not really being hypocritical. It still kind of feels that way. Why? Because I don't like feeling this way about anyone. I really don't. I want to believe that people run for an office like that because they want to serve the, serve the public. I want to believe that they want to hold an office like that because they want to do good for their communities and do good for the decent, hardworking American citizens that they've chosen to represent and to work for. Except then I spend two seconds – Think about it and realize most of these people don't think about being an elected official equates to working for the American people. If I was the district attorney of Los Angeles County, I would want to hold myself accountable to what these citizens of Los Angeles County wanted. I would not from on high decide that uh, you know law and order is now my domain, and I'm just going to make up the rules as we go. I'm going to ignore the laws on the books, and I'm going to tell everybody how to do their jobs. Now, actually, being the district attorney, when it comes to overseeing the office, that is part of the job. You have to decide what to prioritize. Yes, but do you get to completely ignore stuff and choose causes over the – implementation of law enforcement, as that's a no. And you should be prepared to have to defend your positions. You should be available and be prepared to explain it. And we don't get much of that anymore either. But we're talking about sentence enhancements that are intended to act as extra punishments added on to the charge of an underlying offense. So in a lot of ways – I'm actually good with him making that decision. The problem is, as a so-called progressive, you can't have that stance because if you say there's no acknowledgement, that there's no additional crime because of how you thought or how you felt about it when you committed the actual crime, then some of the basis for the whole notion of this victimhood – for minorities that the leftists use as a tool to brainwash and manipulate people, well, it goes down the drain. People like myself, people like a lot of other great conservatives down the line have been saying for a long time that there should not be any such thing as a hate crime. Why? Because if the crime was committed, then the crime was committed. Charge them appropriately. There's not some additional a level of abhorrence as far as how the law should look at it just because I decided to kill somebody because I didn't like their skin tone. I mean it makes me a horrible person, but I'm pretty sure if I decided to kill somebody just because they cut me off in traffic, that makes me a pretty bad person too. I should not get off lighter because you can't prove any intent of hate. 
it should be the same. That's been the argument for a long time. Somebody, again, probably a spooky dude, had to explain that to him, I'm sure. And so now he's backed it up, and uh, in this open letter that he wrote, <coughs> Gassam said, Nearly all of the concerns I've heard center around my policy of ending all enhancements. To be responsive to your input, I have decided to make some adjustments to my initial directives. The letter also continued by saying, uh, quoting once again, we're aggravating factors. Where aggravating factors exist, I believe existing sentencing schemes – I'm glad he used that word, by the way – provide sufficient latitude to prosecute to, – well, I'm sorry, to prosecutors to seek higher sentences. But some victims remain concerned, and I want you to know that we are listening. However, D.A. Gasson emphasized that he still believes that enhancements have never been shown to enhance safety, calling them, quote, the primary driver of a system of mass incarcerations. Uh, quick reminder, though, Gasson, he did not campaign with the promise of eliminating all sentencing enhancements. And his plan to do so, along with other elements of his <clears throat> progressive agenda, well, it was met with immediate resistance by a lot of folks, uh, which is part of why he basically over upturned his entire office, got rid of a lot of a lot of veteran prosecutors. Because they were resistant to the idea of suddenly turning a blind eye to following the law and enforcing the law and charging people according to the law. It's not like the laws of the state of California are so freakishly super conservative, everyone gets the death penalty for jaywalking kind of scenario here. The new directives, in fact, sparked a bit of a revolt from local law enforcement groups and several deputies, district attorneys uh, within Gaston's office, uh, victims' families and prosecutors connected with media outlets and uh, told their stories, and they helped to get this information out, and that's how this should work. I still I, – I find some level of concern here, and I think that everyone else should too, the fact that we have – a district attorney who got a little bit of pushback and decided, hey, you know what? You're right. We can't adequately virtue signal from this office if we don't use some of these sentencing enhancements because, hey, if if I can't tack on an extra 10 years to some white guy because uh, the bar fight he got into uh, ended up uh, – Blacking the eye of some Asian dude, then uh, you know what am I really doing here? I'm sure that's it more than anything. Bah. All right, one last story here in the first hour uh, before we uh, take that little break and reset the hour, and then bring Ron Edwards on for hour number two. And uh, this is one that I just kind of find interesting, and I hope you guys will too. This is one you're probably not going to hear much about this. If we were still doing the old show format, this would have been in the headlines you may have missed section. But it's very interesting. 
and I'll explain that after. But uh, let's read a little of the article first. Parents of children attending a posh $55,000 per year school in New York City are reportedly pulling their kids from classes after teachers who are already refusing to return to work even as other public and private New York City schools are now back to full in-person learning. Well, after these teachers issued a laundry list of woke demands that would literally cost millions of dollars to live up to. We're talking about the Dalton School, and uh, the Dalton School is still virtual, even though, again, uh, most of the New York City schools have returned to in-person learning with some restrictions, in many cases not very many at all. And uh, and despite the fact that several of the parents have already issued demands to the school for a refund uh, to, to get at least part of their hefty 50000 plus a year tuition back, uh, given that the kids are still in virtual classrooms. They're not getting the on-campus experience, and clearly the virtual experience is not the same. It is not of the same value, which was an argument that was being used by universities early on uh, when it came to people uh, asking for uh, refunds or partial refunds of their tuition. You're still getting the same education, but are you? Because going to an institute of higher learning, and if you're a private school demanding that kind of uh, coin, then you had better be an institution of fine learning. But simply attending one, uh, the experience of being on campus is a big part of what you're paying for when you go there. But beyond that, when it comes to uh, a private school like this, then you are a long way off from having the same level of education. The virtual experience pales in comparison to in-person learning. There's no question. But, but here's the thing. The teachers have now said that before they'll return to work, Dalton school teachers reportedly want a laundry list of demands met. We must have these done, all of them done, or we're not coming back for in purpose. Uh, in purpose, <laughs> in person learning. Blah, blah. Let's use the right words. This list of woke changes that one parent revealed on his personal blog, The Naked Dollar, which you can check out at some time if you want. That's Google The Naked Dollar. He revealed it last week. Uh, quoting here, possibly relenting under the pressure. Dalton has announced plans to reopen, but this has ignited another firestorm, this time from the faculty. Apparently, reopening is racist. Now, we've already heard this, and we've talked about this. Uh, the Chicago Teachers Union has been very insistent that reopening schools is racist. I still haven't got a comment back from any spokesperson for the Chicago uh, Teachers Union, which I actually did reach out for uh, uh, lots of times I'll just go through these stories, and I, I don't do a lot of that, but I was so curious. I wanted to see what kind of answer I might get, and should I actually get a response, I will share it with you on air. But so far, I have not gotten a response, no explanation whatsoever as to why reopening schools is racist. But now they've led the way other, other school districts are now following their lead. Uh, quoting here… <clears throat> The change has, the, I'm sorry, the charge has been leveled 
by black faculties and staffers. They suggest, among other things, that faculty of color are more at risk from having to come to work. The reasoning is that they have, on average, more distant commutes and therefore expose themselves longer to risky public transportation. Uh, I'm sorry, are you telling me that if you're uh, a teacher at a private school that charges a 50000 plus a year tuition that you're not earning enough that uh, you can skip the public transportation bit? I mean, seriously? Am I supposed to believe that? I don't. I mean, if that's your case, maybe maybe you guys should, instead of teaching class, take a class on money management. I, I'm just saying because I guarantee you, you guys are getting paid way better than a lot of educators, and I've seen some educators driving some pretty nice vehicles because they did good with their money, not because they're overly paid either. Uh, don't. Don't get me wrong here. Uh, now, around 100 faculty members signed on to this list, which, again, the naked dollar printed uh, part of. Uh, some of the things that were listed here, the hiring of 12 full-time diversity officers. Uh, I would ask why. I mean I don't think you need diversity officers at all. And I certainly can't imagine that you would need 12 of them full-time, but hey, uh, let's go on with the list. An additional full-time employee whose entire role is to support black students who come forward with complaints. Gee, that sounds racist to me. Hiring of multiple psychologists with specialization on the psychological issues affecting ethnic minority populations. That doesn't sound like something that should happen at school. Pay off student debt of incoming black faculty. Uh, what? Uh, why? Again, uh, maybe you shouldn't have had so much debt in the first place. Uh, reroute 50% of all donations to New York City public schools. Uh, what? No. <laughs> Elimination of AP courses if black students don't score as high as white. Okay, what? No. Again, instead of saying, okay, let's help all of our students to score well, we're just going to say, hey, if if a couple of our black students aren't doing as well as some of the white students, we're just going to do away with the AP courses altogether. Uh, why would you do that? Again, it's the whole notion of socialism, by the way. The only way these people can bring us to equal outcomes as if we are all equally as miserable. We cannot be expected to rise to heights or to be successful on our own if there's going to be equality. Now, there can be equity brought on by the freedom to pursue, but you can't expect equal outcomes. It's always going to be based on what you do, how you do it, and sometimes the lucky breaks you get along the way. This isn't even the worst of them, though. Require courses on – hang on to your hats, boys and girls – black liberation. Okay. Uh, you want them to teach that they should all become socialist revolutionaries. Is, is that what you're saying? I think these teachers should be fired. 
<laughs> just say, okay, here's the day you come back. We're not doing any of that. If I get you teaching any of this stuff in the classroom, you're going to be fired. And, oh, yeah, by the way, if you don't show up for work on time and I hear you whining about this, you're also fired. That's what should happen. And being a private school, that would be a whole lot easier to do, by the way. Maybe some of these folks should have thought of that. Oh, they could never get by without us. Uh, there's a bunch of teachers that would love to come teach at your school. Some of them work for the New York City public school system, and they wouldn't give a rat's backside about how many dollars that go to the, that school. Uh, leave it, especially if they thought that meant it might cut into their possible salary, which is something you should think about. Reduced tuition for black students whose photographs appear in school promotional materials. Uh, why? I mean, if you want to work out some type of uh, – if you're part of our media, uh, we get you a bit of a, a scholarship or something. Uh, okay, I guess that's all right, but why just the black students? Well, they're promoting diversity. Diversity means everyone. They keep using these words. I don't think they know what these words mean. <sighs> Reduced tuition for black students whose photographs appear in school promotional materials, public anti-racism statements required from all employees, meaning the critical race theory must be uh, pretended to be adhered to. Oh, we must adhere to this. All white people are racist. Sorry, they can't help it. Mandatory community and diversity days to be held throughout the year. Required anti-bias training to be conducted every year for all staff and parent volunteers. Uh, in case you guys didn't hear, uh, bias training in the UK has been canceled because they found it did absolutely nothing. So yeah, let's, let's keep doing stuff that has been proven to do nothing. Mandatory minority representation and otherwise elective student leadership roles. Uh, what? Uh, if for every white person you elect to the student council, you must therefore have a black person on the student council, whether you want to vote for them or not. That's not how student governments and student leadership roles are supposed to work. <clears throat> leadership is for leaders. If If you've got a black student who's capable of doing that, let them do it. Let them earn it. Mandatory diversity plot lines in school plays, <laughs> overhaul of entire curriculum to reflect diversity narratives. These requirements could – I'm going to go so far as to say would without a question – literally cost millions of dollars to implement, a cost, of course, that would be passed on to the parents through tuition, grades, and hikes. But it doesn't make sense. If you're an educator, you need to educate. That is not – Education. So with that being said, it's near the end of the hour, so let's do the hour reset. So for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast of the show on great radio stations across the country, you are probably hearing this in one-hour blocks. So I'm about to say goodbye to you guys for a while. So remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take the other guy's word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and more importantly to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, you know, be smart, even if it kind of goes against your nature. Uh, tune back in most likely tomorrow, same time uh, at the station you're listening to to hear hour number two. Uh, if you're here at BTR, hour number two comes up right after this. Don't go anywhere.
because of foreign wars we wage More to do with the colors blue and red You said you lost too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people try to cross the border Politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And we are creeping ever so close to Christmas. It is the holiday season. I hope you're having a great one. And you know what? I also hope that uh, my guest today, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, is also having a great holiday season. He's on the air with me right now. Ron, uh, glad to have you with us once again, especially as crunch time for Christmas, as I often refer to it as the stress is building, uh, is upon us. Uh, how are you today? And uh, thank you for joining me on a Sunday, a little outside of our usual get-together time. Great, great, great to be here. I'm doing great. Uh, all is well, and it's an honor to be with you once again. Thanks so much for the invite. All right. Well, Ron, you know, it's, uh, it is it is that time of year, so uh, season greetings going out to everyone, and it always seems like there's no shortage of folks that, no matter how you offer them up, uh, tend to uh, get offended. And I haven't run into that as much this year. Uh, but I still see stories of it going on, and uh, it, it just – it always blows my mind. I, I really don't understand why people get so worked up about it. Uh, it let's, let's pretend for a second that you were Jewish, 
And uh, I had no way of knowing that, but I saw you on the street, and as a Christian, uh, I say uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, why is it that we no longer uh, come from the standpoint of this is a guy who celebrates Christmas, he's wishing me goodwill, so even if I don't uh, – uh, go in for that. Uh, I'm going and celebrating Hanukkah later with my family. Uh, why can't I just accept that somebody's trying to share a nicety and goodwill instead of being all worked up about how offensive it is? Well, because I think we've been politically, religiously, and intellectually, and even spiritually balkanized in our country. Um, I can remember uh, as a child <laughs> growing up in Cleveland and Jewish our Jewish neighbors would come over and celebrate Christmas with us. And then they'd invite us over for Seder dinner and, and, and Hanukkah celebration. So uh, there, that was what was called the melting pot of America. But uh, today we are so balkanized and so intellectually uh, inferior to those times. And we're so childish in our, in our behavior due to dumbing down Um and indoctrination and, and all other kinds of poisons. So that's 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 why to answer your question, we, we, it's just stupidity. Um, we all used to get along, for the most part. Uh, outside of the racial issue, Americans generally got along, and uh, we were the better for it. And um, it's kind of sad. Uh, I remember uh, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, a Jewish fellow left an organization that I'm. Uh, vice president of and uh, the chaplain and uh when i pray and i say in the name of jesus amen in the name of yeshua or jesus and the jewish guy left because he says i don't want to hear that name jesus at the end of your prayer i love your prayer but when you say jesus that throws it off for me because i'm jewish i said well you know um you know jesus was a jew remember that huh but uh of course then after that he left but uh, <laughs> you know it's just crazy today, man. It's uh, oh gosh, you got you gotta laugh to keep from crying sometimes. <laughs> we become so childish as, well, as Americans. Yeah, it, it is disappointing though. I mean, if here you are just trying to share a little goodwill, a little positivity, and now even that's wrong. <laughs> that's just. Where our society has gotten to, and it's, it's insane. Uh, how can I take you seriously as an equal if you won't take me seriously as an equal? And that's really what that comes down to. It's a little bit of respect for both sides of the uh, the equation here. Uh, if I'm Christian and I'm celebrating Christmas, and I have no way of knowing now, if I know you're Jewish and I'm saying that just to aggravate you, that's a different story. But if I don't know you from Adam. And I just say Merry Christmas to you. For the love of Pete, just take the the goodwill. <laughs> I mean, why is that so hard? Like you said, we used to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. Again, it's it, it comes from you know where what? we're. At. Go ahead. Funny, that's what the, the the Jewish the former Jewish member of our organization said. He said, "You knew that I'm. You knew that I was Jewish, but you said Jesus anyway." <laughs> I said, "Well, before before you ever ever stepped into our door." You knew that this was we were Christian conservatives. You knew this, yeah, by by yeah. the program. And so, um, you know, first things first, big fella. 
We thought we were joining <laughs> together as, as, as Americans to, to help save this country, but you're, you're hung up on the name of Jesus in a negative way. I, I'm sorry about that. And um, he wasn't, so he, he took off. Well, speaking of uh, how far things have uh, slid off the rails in regards to our political correctness and our lack of uh, respect uh, for one another, uh, I've got to ask your take on uh, the BLM uh, folks that were were harassing the uh, Christmas child cancer fighting fundraiser. I'm assuming you've heard about this by now. It's been – uh, around a lot of the uh, the major uh, news outlets that uh, aren't beholding to the legacy media, where uh, these folks they uh, they got out, they started uh, harassing folks that were there, they started chanting "Black Lives Matter," uh, and uh, yeah, just general shenanigans. Uh, where here we are, they're trying to. Uh, to do an annual event where they get together, they raise money to help children who have cancer. And last time I checked, Ron, just just so that everybody knows, some of these uh, kids that are being helped happen to be black. Some of them happen to be of uh, Asian descent. Some of them happen to be of uh, a wide variety of all these different little labels the left likes to put us all under. Now, I personally would just prefer to say American children who are in need. But uh, they got here. They marched through the Candy Cane Lane charity event. They harassed the people. Uh, just insanity. Of course, at Milwaukee, <laughs> uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin has become one of the hotbeds for this kind of activity. But uh, just want to get your thoughts on this one. You probably won't like my answer, but um, that's a risk I'm going to take. Um. And I and, and I saw evidence of this when I was in D.C. last week. The reason why they do these things is because they can. They get away with it. What I saw in the streets of Washington, D.C. last week when they walked into events, like for instance where we were, they tried that same garbage. Well, I have been saying on your program, on my own – the Edwards Notebook Commentary and elsewhere, whomever would listen or read, I said we've got to fight back. And when we do, we will always or usually win. Well, they tried to act that way last week when we were in D.C. Guess what happened, my friend? They got their tails whipped. They were spanked and told to go go home. And some were sent to <laughs> hospital. One guy, one of the one of the uh, Antifa um, weaklings did get a knife and cut four people, but he was uh, quickly wrestled to the ground by others. See, these people were not allowed to get away with their brutality. And guess what? The local media was reporting that it was us Trump supporters who started the fight. No, that wasn't mm-hmm. the case at all. They started it, and it was finished by by others. I, I'm telling you, when I'm around, this this you know, then there's not going to be this 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 taking it up the rear like that, like it's been happening. And so, the police were watching when the Antifa and BLM people started the stuff. 
thinking history was going to repeat itself. Well, <clears throat> there's a change. And there's a new sheriff in town, and we say go. People were, were dealt with. Then all of a sudden the police want to step in and stop the violence. <laughs> and we let them know. We have to let those blue liners know that, you know what, there's no respect for you either. You're only a human being like the rest of us. Since you didn't want to protect us, we're protecting ourselves, and now you want to step in and say, oh, no, we've got to stop the violence. Heavens to Murgatroyd, let's be peaceful here, folks. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've always said when we get pushed to the point we're going to fight back, we will not lose. They will get their behinds whipped every time. And... This is, that was a beautiful case. It happened not only in our area where we were, but all over the city. Lafayette Circle, it was all over the place. And it was beautiful in that regard. It's a shame it has to get to that point, but if it has to get to that point, it's better to be on the winning side. Trust me. And like the, the, the people there in, in Milwaukee at, at the cancer event, they should have been ready to take care of those BLM people. That is, I, you know, it sounds barbaric when I say things like that, Tim, on the surface, but it will be much more brutal and much more barbaric if we don't because the more – they're like oh, – Jesus. They're like roaches and rats. The more you allow them to permeate and go into whatever and do whatever, the more they're going to do it. They're not going to stop. There is no reasoning with them, and yeah. they have to be stopped. I know, I you know, and I know there's a lot of my fellow Christians who are, who will condemn me to high heaven for saying this, and and, and have done so. Some of them, some of them that that have heard heard these comments, uh, and other venues. But yeah. I throw it back at them. I said, well, it's it's, it's amazing. You're bold enough to attack me for saying that we should protect ourselves from thugs. But yet, if those thugs were to show up, you would let them sh- shove it up your backside. You know, you know, I, you know, I, and I tell them, I say, you don't make sense. You're you're stupid. You, you know, God does not like cowards. By the way, if you're not willing to fight, and it's little like this, wait, wait till the stuff really hits the fan. And the reason why it will really hit the fan, Tim, is because we're allowing it now to get out, get out of bounds. Yeah. There's a there's spiritual. I understand there's spiritual and there's natural. We we can pray all day long, but if there prayer without works is what dead. <laughs> it's dead works, man. <laughs> well, you know, it, it comes down to the same idea. No matter what you're talking about, when you allow the advance of the uh, the left, whether you're talking about Howard Stern on the radio airwaves for as long as he was allowed Ooh. to go, or whether you're or whether you're talking about uh, continuing to ignore economic uh, fiscal responsibility, which our government has com- – the federal level – completely ignored that uh, now for <laughs> – what, since since W was uh, in office? Uh, I mean I, was Clinton oh, the I last since, president to I, actually – go ahead. Yeah, you're right. He was the last. He was the last, and that was yeah. only because of Newt Gingrich. Yeah. He was held to the fire, and Newt wasn't going to let him get away without doing the budget, and they did budgets. And you know, the contract with America, uh, if we saw a part two, that would go a long way uh, for a lot of folks. But uh, even with all of this, uh, you have a situation. Uh, let's look back to the bailouts uh, for the election between uh, 
the uh, maverick uh, and uh, Barack Obama. Uh, when the things cut down, we had this economic uh, package go down, and they're all like, well, it's going to be terrible, and we've got to do all this stuff to keep these uh, businesses afloat. Uh, ultimately, if you're going to artificially hold this bubble, if you're going to ignore it and wait till it explodes, you're in much worse shape than if you just ripped off the Band-Aid when it first happened. And yeah, it's going to hurt a little bit, but you're going to be better for it in the long run. And this is the same deal. You're absolutely right. If the police aren't going to step up and do their job, which is to keep the peace, if more constitutional sheriffs aren't going to step up and protect the law-abiding citizens, then no one should be surprised that people exercise their God-given right to self-defense. And it is, as you pointed out, absolutely shameful that the legacy media, including some of the uh, media outlets that we used to think was a little more friendly to our cause, reported this as if it was all the fault of, quote, pro-Trump protesters, when uh, the, the whole thing was about standing up and saying that we stand for this country. And it's absolutely shameful, and you're right. I, I don't see where anybody has any room uh, to criticize you for saying we've got a right to defend ourselves, and we, we're going to have to be ready to because we've got too many people that are wearing a uniform that that's their job, but either they're not allowed to or they don't want to uh, until they see us actually stepping up and taking care of ourselves. It, it's It's a shame it's gotten to this point, but… This is America, Ron, and most Americans, even though it might take a little to stir their blood again, uh, they don't like to just sit back and whine about where things uh, went wrong when they know that it's uh, not going to get any better if they don't take some steps themselves. Yeah, and uh, it was – but you know, despite the fact that we had to encounter uh, the uncivilized beasts in the 18th <laughs> the, uh uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter activists Gumps um, There were so many Wonderful Americans from Every state of the union And people that were here internationally Because the world is literally Praying for this nation And to sit there And uh, to get to talk With uh, uh, General Flynn And then then to see Him give a wonderful speech As well and then get to uh See uh, Mike Lindell give his speech, and then there were others as well, um, and the thousands and thousands—I mean, thousands—that were there. I mean, it was just tons of people all over the place, and um, I, I was just I'm just marveling at how <clears throat> Americans from so many backgrounds and so many states, and then people from other parts of the world who had our mindset. There was not one incident of. Uh, of any kind, negative, negatively speaking, between us. The only time things got negative is when the uh, Antifa folks and the Black Lives Matter folks showed up, started trouble, were vanquished, and then all of a sudden the police wanted, well, oh, oh we've got to keep the police and, and arrest people. You know, I'm like, come on. And then um, the mayor, she gets on and says her nasty comments, and now – She's blaming us as part of the reason now. Get this. We're long gone, right? She's going to completely shut the city down on the 23rd of December, which is her way of trying to destroy Christmas. 
shutting the city down so that people can't function and go to their families and do things like that. And elderly sometimes will go to restaurants, to, you know, to go out and be out. It's, it's, it's right. just they're just so evil. They're just so evil. And um, But I'm telling you, Tim, despite how it looks, Trump is going to have his second term in office. The rug is going to be pulled out from under uh, Joe Biden and company. This is a um, pharaoh type. You remember how Moses, when he said, let my people go, <laughs> what was it, nine or ten plagues? And it just got worse yeah, and yeah. worse and worse. And that's – go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, yeah, Pharaoh was a little hard-headed and uh, seemed to want to deny a lot of stuff. It does remind me of a, a, a young Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> but, uh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Yeah, but they're, they're con- the, even all the way up to – I can't even call it the Supreme Court anymore. All the way up to the Supremes who girlishly have said no, no, no. They don't want to, they, they don't want to do their job. And they're and they, and so and and because they're there, many of them are. Oh Jesus! I guess it's it's just globalism. Globalism is like a disease. You can even be patriotic, but after you get to a certain point, your globalism your globalism asp, aspiration kicks in, like it is has with Thomas and all of them, all but two. When they have ruled and said, we're not going to see this case. We're not going to recognize that case. Boom, 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 boom. And they think that that's shutting things down. Okay, no, they're not. What they're doing is every time you're seeing these kinds of actions and they're becoming more emboldened, it's just more exposure, buddy. It's just more stuff being exposed. That was the purpose of the first administration of Trump, to expose the bilge, the second Administration will be to wipe the will will be to clean the slate, so that this nation can be restored, and that's what's going to happen. They're being yeah. exposed. They've become more defiant. They think they got it all together, just like Pharaoh did. And you watch, my friend. You will have experience a second administration of Donald John Trump. It was so cool, man. He flew wow. right over us during that meeting, during the gathering there. The guy yeah. in the uh, in the Marine One. I don't know if they showed that on the media or not, but I mean, he. It was like a low, a low flyover, three times, and uh, yeah, it was I, great. I didn't see that on any of the media that some somebody might have, but I did see. Uh, Somebody's cell phone footage of it, and it, it did look pretty cool. But uh, I, I, I'd like to expand a little bit on the uh, the Supremes, as you call them, although uh, I seem to recall the Supremes sounding and looking a lot better than that group does. Uh, maybe that's just me. Uh, but uh, you know, even if we gave them the benefit of the doubt and bought into their excuse, you know that clearly. Uh, Texas has no standing here. Who has standing when it comes to a case of state versus state? That is what the Supreme Court should rule on, and it's their responsibility. So if we believe them when they say they're trying to avoid violence on the street, they're trying to avoid the appearance of being strictly political, then they're simply engaging in uh, cowardice. 
They're engaging in judicial cowardice because the role of the court, for better or for worse, is to hear the cases that need to be heard and to make a ruling whether it's right or wrong. They're supposed to make that stand. I think just about everybody in this country would agree that uh, the Dred Scott case was a horrible ruling. But did you see anybody running away with, well, somebody might get upset and it might hurt their feelings, so we're not going to say the stupid thing that we're going to end up saying. No, they understood that was the job. So yes, A, either it's exactly what you're saying and it is just uh, willful acts of people that are in on the, the plot at some level. Uh, you probably don't know the big picture or nobody would be involved because a bunch of useful idiots in play. But if it's not that and if we if we buy their excuse – then they were clearly failing to understand what the role of the court is, and they have no business having that position in the first place. Either way, it's cowardice, and it is disgusting. So uh, let's let's go ahead and take the uh, mid-hour break, if that's all right with you, sir. And uh, on the other side of that, we'll uh, switch gears a little bit, uh, but I think that's a pretty good place to leave that particular uh, topic anyway. Uh, I, I think we hit it pretty well, sir. I, I love your uh, your take on that. You guys stay right Amen. where you're at on the other side of this very brief break. Uh, Ron and I will continue on, so don't go anywhere. a man who worked very hard to provide for his family, but times were tough. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, one Christmas the man's five-year-old daughter used all of the family's gold wrapping paper for one shoebox that she placed under the family tree. Money was tight, so the struggling dad wondered where the daughter got the money to buy whatever was in that shoebox. Nevertheless, Christmas morning, the little girl filled with excitement brought the gift box to her father. As he opened the box, the dad became angry and said, Don't you know, when you give someone a present, there should be something in the package. The little girl, with tears rolling down her cheeks, whispered, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into it until it was full. The father was crushed and begged his precious daughter to forgive him for his unnecessary anger. An accident took the life of the child a short time later. It is told that the father kept the little box by his bed all the days of his life. Whenever he was discouraged, he would open the box, take out an imaginary kiss, and remember the love of his beautiful child who put it there. In a real sense, each of us has been given an invisible golden box filled with unconditional love from family, friends, and most of all, God, who gave us his son. Merry Christmas, America. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. This is Dan Perkins with your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. Are you looking for a job because you got laid off because of the coronavirus? Most veterans think that the GI Bill can only be used for college, but that's not true. It can also be used for retraining programs. So if you're out of work and looking for a new career, go to the VA.gov and look at the GI Bill benefits. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans, Tip of the Day. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for uh, staying with us through that very brief break. Of course, you got to hear the Edwards Notebook, and that has been uh, – that particular one may be one of my favorites that you've done all time, Ron, just because I love the fact that you've got the story. You've got the uh, the the meaning behind it, the whole nine there. It's, it's a rare opportunity to get to slide away from the political point of view and still make some very good important points. So I love that one, Ron, and I have been literally playing it every broadcast since I've received it, uh, and uh, I, I really, really uh, – Really digging it, man. <laughs> man. Uh, before we uh, get Thank on you. into uh, the, uh, well, you certainly deserve it. Before we get into the next topic, though, sir, I would love to give you an opportunity to let everybody out there knowing, uh, just in case they haven't already checked you out and you know who you are and you're on Santa's naughty list for not doing it, but uh, let folks know where they can find your work, sir. Well, you can find the uh, Ron Edwards American Experience Talk Show on K Star. Talk Radio. You can uh, check them out. Uh, go to their uh, website, uh, kstartalkradio.com, and uh, you'll find – look at the show schedule. Also, you will find the Edwards Notebook there as well. Uh, you can find the Ron Edwards American Experience and the Edwards Notebook on the Nevada Talk Radio Network. You can go to their site and see what radio stations uh, you'll find my show, and it's on Saturdays at uh, 2 p.m., uh, that's um, Nevada time. No, wait a minute. I'm sorry. 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and also AmericaMatters.us. That includes um, 11:80 a.m. That's uh, in Reno, Nevada, as well as America Matters Worldwide. You'll find the Ron Edwards American Experience there on Saturdays, as well as the Edwards Notebook on that show during. Uh, big show uh, that they have on there on Mondays as well, Monday mornings out there on that station as well. And also you can catch my columns um, every Friday at News with Views and also during the week on America Out Loud. In fact, I'll be turning in a new one to America Out Loud today, in fact. Uh, so I think uh, that's about it for now. All right. All right. So you guys out there listening, you heard it. That's how to get off of Santa's naughty list. Go check out Ron's stuff. Uh, that's your homework assignment, and you don't have much time left to get right with Santa. All right. Uh, even if uh, Dr. Fauci claims to have given him the COVID uh, vaccine already, uh, and uh, of course, Gov Governor Wichmer, as you like to call her, and I've, I've found myself now, without even meaning to, referring to her as Wichmer, uh, you have influenced me that much, sir. Uh, it, it does seem appropriate. Uh, speaking of uh, the COVID well, vaccine, that was another topic that – <laughs> Yes, uh, there's no doubt about that either. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about a couple of COVID-related things. Back in the first hour of today's show, I was talking about the panic we saw in London uh, over this new variant of the COVID. But we're also seeing uh, reports now coming out of San Francisco where they're really trying to get the message across to people that overdose deaths are outpacing uh, anybody dying from the official count 
uh, which we all know is far off from the actual numbers. But uh, everybody that's being counted as COVID deaths in San Francisco, it's still not even coming close to the overdose deaths. Uh, I would like to get your thoughts on both of these events if uh, if we can sneak them in before we run out of time. Uh, it was starting with the London thing again because that to me is one of the most asinine things, and it feels like to me an attempt to start setting up the uh, narrative for the next round of uh, lockdowns and mask wearing and uh, do as we say, we control you, get used to it, even if you've had a vaccine, uh, because there's a new COVID out there. Um, but at any rate, uh, let me give you the floor for a minute, sir. Well, I did see a video of that, and the people were just streaming. Uh, it looked like a huge train station. It was just it looked like a giant version of a rawhide uh, where people are just crammed like a cattle. Just, oh, man, it was it was a sad sight. Um, and our friend over there, one of our buddies, Ben, he lives um, in, Corn- in the Cornwall area, but uh, outside of that uh, craziness. But uh, he was uh, reporting that, um, yeah, they're, they're talking about really clamping down even further and people trying to get out of London and uh, go to other areas or even leave the country. And, yes, I'm very – well, maybe I shouldn't be. I I might be an idiot for saying – I was going to say I'm very surprised that Boris Johnson would go along with this madness considering that he wanted to execute a Brexit and all of that stuff. But then I shouldn't be. You know, he's still a socialist. Uh, And socialist – the nature of socialism is to control – and so I'm not – I shouldn't be surprised in, in any of this, despite the friendly face that uh, we experienced when we were there last year. But uh, I am uh, – whenever you see something like this, we as Americans need to take you by the door and start letting our officials know now we're not going to take this stuff, that they're going to be in for a heap of hurt. Because <clears throat> when you start this kind of control – the next two steps down the road will be to exterminate people. If you don't believe me, you know, Ken, you, you're, you're, you're a student of history. I think you would believe that I'm not really exaggerating. Um, they use disease or the probability of something happening as to the need and the reason for more control. Well, why is it that the organizations, that people like Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates, and others – the Clintonistas, the Bushes, they're all in organizations whose goal is to wipe out a great portion of this population. I've been to the, to the giant stones in Georgia, which states so that fact on giant slabs. It's, you know, in the Stone Mountain, Georgia area. I, I've, I've seen it. And so, and I've seen it in paper, on paper. These people want to wipe us out. At first, they wanted to wipe all of us out. Now it's only six to leave us leave about six hundred thousand uh, because they need labor, they need producers, and things of that nature for their <clears throat> so that they can live the elite lifestyle off of our backs. That is their goal. And so you can. I don't think you would, Tim, but people can poo-poo and laugh at me for saying things like this all they want to. But if you do, I would have, I would say that you're very ignorant of history 
or part of the problem yourself. Because this right. is where they want to go. I can, and I'd rather shout. Well, I'm sorry. Can I say just real quick? I'd rather shout from the yeah, housetop yeah. now about this in our country and get the people riled up against this because, I mean, all you have to do is read a lot of the statements from Bill Gates, from Fauci, um, not as much much from Scarf Lady, but but from those two in, in particular. Yeah, anybody who's been to the Georgia Guidestones and have seen it for themselves, uh, you can try to dismiss that any way you want to. But somebody spent an awful lot of money to, to set that up and to make their general statements, and I, I think that's as much a warning as for what's coming as it was a statement by who put it up. But uh, yeah, you you don't even have to go so far as to look up what Margaret Sanger's plan was when she created oh, yeah. Planned Parenthood. You don't have to go so far back as to see what the ultimate idea was in uh, rounding up uh, the Jewish people in uh, Germany uh, under the Reich. You don't have to go that far back. You're right. Simply the statements that have been made, especially when they thought they were among fellow travelers and thought it wouldn't get out by people like Bill Gates. And uh, S. Fauci's made uh, several claims himself, but you can uh, look as uh, as close to uh, the Trilateral Commission. You can look at uh, the folks that are hanging out at Bohemian Grove. Uh, you can look at all these things. And, of course, you mention these things, and instantly uh, you're conspiracy theorists. It's like – uh, first of all, this isn't a theory. This is an actual thing that happens every year. Uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton is a member of the Rodham family, who was a founding member of the Bilderberger Group. Oh, there's another. Uh, no, uh, these people get together every year, and they decide how they're going to control the world, and then they try to implement it. And yes, they have made it quite clear when they're amongst their fellow travelers that uh, they get quite upset because we're using up so much of their air and their food and their planet. So they want just enough to be cannon fodder for uh, their whims and just enough to, to do their dishes and their gardening, but uh, they don't think that highly of the rest of us. It's, it is a globalist idea, and the real question is among these various competing groups, which some have intermingling tentacles and some are adversarial, uh, the fact that some of these are kind of rooting against one another is the only reason they're not further along with their ideas, I think. Absolutely, sir. You are most astute in, in your assessment. And um, they and see, that's why <laughs> – and people didn't understand me even 20 years ago when I would say racism that you all continue to harp on is a very minor issue. It's way down the list. Oh, near the bottom when in the grand scheme of things. Because racism is just one of those dividing tools to keep us at our own throats, keep us just stupid enough to make make it so that, oh, I don't like that white guy. I don't like that black guy. Ah, you know what I mean? Just to keep each other at each other's throat while we're at each other's throat like idiots, they're plotting against all of us. And yes, they have their useful idiots who I, I, you know, reminds me of the mob. They have their muscle, uh, the Islamists, to undermine our society. That's why the DeVos family of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 
uh, and the family of Morton Salt fame and Amway fame, they are behind all of this as well. I mean, we might as well get it out there. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. And yeah. it's a you know, it's that, Christmas time, and, and uh, your gift from us are truth bombs. Lay it out there, Ron. <laughs> the Betsy DeVos, you know, and I tried to tell people. I tried to tell people. Almost got on my knees in some meetings. Don't support her. Don't fool Trump into choosing that lady. She's a friendly face, but that's it. That woman is overseeing the in, the infusion of Islam in, into the into the government school system. She's doing it with a friendly face, so it's it's more acceptable, and it's right under everyone's nose. And I tried to tell people, I said she's a hard-headed Michiganian, and she's going to do what she's going to do. And lo and behold, that is exactly what has happened. And Trump is walking around, duh, 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 duh. You know, he picked some of these people that he some of the. If I had the judgment to know to stay away from that witch, what in the world was in Trump's mind? I I, I hope I I hope I get to meet him one day after this is all over, because it soon will be. But it, it, it we will know by next spring just how close the Betsy DeVosses and all these other people got their way. In, in de- de- decapitating America and in and, 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 and ushering her into a social socialism only to weaken her so that the rest of the world could be pushed in the, into globalism. That's all it's about. That's the only reason why you've got China uh, biting at our heels. That's the only reason why Trudeau allowed Chinese troops at our, at our border up there via Quebec and all of that. You know, and things, their shots have been fired. By the way, not, and you're not hearing a lunatic just spouting off, Tim. Shots have been fired. Uh, we are I, in a literal war, war with with uh, China. You know, it, and this is yeah, all connected. You're not going to hear that from the legacy media though, because they're on board. They're they're yeah, they may not be right. in a single conspiracy together, but they are in a conspiracy of convenience because they have aligned goals right now. Uh, and yeah, and what do you, and uh, they made. What does the word conspiracy mean? What does the word conspiracy? What does the word conspiracy mean? See, they they control the language and try to make it look like, oh, you cannot be aligned with conspiracy. Well, what does conspiracy mean? You're conspiring together mm-hmm. to work together. That, they're working together, and it is not a theory that these people are conspiring together against us. And this is what we have to throw back. And somebody, people have thrown that to me. Yeah, you're you're one of those tinfoil hat wearing guys. You're a, cons- a fear of you. You're a conspiratorial idiot or whatever. And oh, you're wait a minute, conspiratorial what? And I give them the take them back to elementary school. Okay, little little boy or little girl, what does conspiracy mean? <laughs> and we go through that, the romper room, you know, a sing-songy romper, romper room. Now, who's the idiot here? You are. <laughs> and these pe- and these, all, all these people, they're into eugenics. You know, they they yeah. have the media and the, and the idiots running around calling everyone racist, but it is they who are the original racists. And, the, and the, current the, the, racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just yeah. original, Absolutely. but current. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and and see, we have to understand, and people couldn't understand me even 20 and 30 years ago as a, as a lad. And they couldn't understand when I said, you know what? My father taught me that it is more important to be great in my own life where God has planted me than to want to force Mr. Skidinski to take my dollar for a product in his store or to live next door to a, to a Mr. Skidinski who may not like me. Why not be, we be intelligent in our own selves and build quality neighborhoods where we are? So that we don't have to run to the hills and live next to whomever in order to to be in a decent area. Why can't we, as human beings, choose to live a better life? But people don't do that. Oh, no, no, no. They allow themselves to be turned into useful idiots, destructive useful idiots. They're intelligent, destructive, useful idiots, and then they're the dummies, the knuckle-draggers. The blue, blue light, the Black Lives Matter destroyers, physical destroyers. Then you have the blue, the white collar, low level destroyers. But they're all in, in the same, on the same side, doing different areas of, you know, different taking different avenues of destruction, all to the same for the same goal. Whether it's from the medical industry, the entertainment industry, education, criminal industry, Black Lives Matter, Antifa. Same goal, and that is why we, on our side, have to start doing what I witnessed, and <clears throat> there was a little participation in, in D.C. <laughs> well, you be. know, Ron, there has uh, to be. Yeah, uh, you're right. Again, everyone needs to be standing up and being prepared to defend yourself. And uh, your uh, neighbor right beside you. If somebody uh, whips out a knife and stabs somebody standing beside you, if you're not willing to try and subdue them, uh, then you're you're not serving a purpose. Uh, but uh, to kind of uh, to kind of bring back around uh, to something you said earlier, when folks were accusing you of being a tinfoil hat wearer. Uh, you know, I've been saying for quite a while, Ron. If you don't have at least a couple of tinfoil hats, you ain't paying attention. <laughs> what they uh, what what they tell you uh, is required to wear one. Uh, there are uh, global uh, elitists who want no borders because they think it works to their advantage. Uh, there are a good number of people who think that they're going to be part of the new bourgeois. Z class when the when the new world order takes over, so they're doing the the groundwork. And yeah, there's a ton of folks out there right now that literally think they're fighting against what they're actually helping to work for, and that's how uh, ignorant of history they are, and how little bit of personal pride that they've uh, had instilled in themselves. They've been uh, indoctrinated to the point of brainwashing, and and it's all been part of a well laid plan that. People have been working on since before our Constitution was inked, and they've been trying to destroy it ever since. And more to the point, they want to destroy this nation more so than any other because this is the last true bastage of true individual liberty. And uh, we're the last uh, we're the last place where you hear people make the statement that we are a constitutionally federated republic, that we stand on the principles of liberty and freedom, 
uh, that we uh, that we are uh, granted these rights not from government, not from a document, but from God. And the document simply uh, allows us to uh, quantify that we recognize that they are granted from God and that our government does not have a right to impede upon them. We have the only constitution in the world that doesn't sit back and tell everybody what the government can do. It tells the government what it cannot, and uh, they can't stand it because they don't want anybody telling them that they can't turn around and tell us what to do, that they cannot control us. We, we have a reckoning coming, and there will be a second great American revolution, whether we're still able to possibly fight it in the arena of ideas or whether they push it to the point that it requires uh, the tree of liberty uh, to once again uh, be nourished with the blood of patriots, which I hope it doesn't get to that point. But there may be that day of reckoning, and I hope that they, uh, they understand they will not win that battle should it get to that point. Nope, it is not. It is not. Uh, it is not the evil one's time yet. America has not fulfilled her purpose, and I've said this before. She has been the greatest nation in the history of the world, but she never, ever, ever reached her um, full manifest destiny of greatness, nor fully reached or fulfilled her God-given purpose. And she is to do that before that final collapse. And uh, the ushering in of, and at least I believe, the ushering in of our, our Lord and Savior's return. But that's that that particular event is a little further down the road, and uh, we've we've got some work to do right now. Uh, we're you know this is no time to 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 participate. This is not time to participate in what what I call the flyaway doctrine, and uh, it's, we're not there. It's now it's the work, the work together doctrine should be our our, our our call, and we find out our metron, and what our what God has for us to do, and we where we fall in where we should, so that we can do the best that we can do, in our particular calling, so that we can be assured victory, and um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, my friend, as surely as your name is Tim Tapp with a great talk show. It is going to happen, and um, it's because of people like you that are willing to um, lay it on out there, my friend. I get up every morning. Some, sometimes I go to bed, and uh, you know, my private moments. I, I'm kind of brokenhearted a little bit about what has happened. You know, if I kind of, if I think about what has happened to my city, my favorite city of New York or California, and I think about that, and and you know, and I. You know conversations that I've had for, with people that live in those areas and the heartbreak. You and I say a prayer. I go to sleep and I wake up full of hope because uh, it's a, there's a new day and we start over. We we continue to fight and we just continue and we don't back down and we come together in mass and singularly as we have to do our thing sometimes by ourselves and we do it, man. And we're going to win this fight. I can't wait to get to the other side. But it's going to be like Betty Davis said in that particular movie. I forget the name of the movie, but it's buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but that's okay. <laughs> it's a ride. You know, we're going to reach and we're going to ride to our destiny of of of, of reestablishing American greatness 
as one nation under God. So gonna happen. I cannot wait. I cannot wait till we get to that day. I I just hope we can get there with as uh, as few of those bumps along the way as possible. But uh, Bring them on at this point because you don't get to the other side without going through. And if we have to go yeah. through a, a few Antifa morons along the way, all the better. They, they, they've been missing out on an education already. It's time they had a quality education that actually meant something in the real world. And if that's, uh, that's our next step is to give that to them, then so be it. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, sir, uh, next week, of course, is the week of Christmas. And uh, uh, kind of curious, do you have any uh, special Christmas plans going on, sir? Are you going to be working any at all? Can, uh, can we count on you to, to give us a visit uh, this, uh, this upcoming week? Absolutely. I mean, Christmas is Christmas. is a is a time of giving, giving of our time, giving of ourselves, and uh, that's what it's about. I mean, work doesn't stop. Um, that was Christmas represents the huge work day when God delivered us His Son. So, um, absolutely, it, it's an honor. Um, every time, like I said, and I mean it. Whenever, whenever you invite me to be on your show, it's an honor. Um, to be to in conversation with a great patriot like yourself and uh, your wonderful audience. So, yep, I'll be there. All right, sir. Well, I I am very hopeful that the uh, the inconsistency that I've had as of late should be settled uh, going on. So, trying to make it up to the folks who have kind of uh, very pleasantly let me know they didn't like me skipping some shows. <laughs> so. Uh, going to try to get back to it, so uh, I definitely know they'll be looking forward to you joining us as well. We'll try to get back to the regular schedule, but as always, sir, the honor is mine, uh, and it, it means a lot to me uh, that you feel that way. Uh, it really does because uh, it is a case where I, I see all the work that you're doing, and uh, to know that someone's putting in the effort that you do uh, things that way, it, it's uh, it's very humbling, so thank you, sir, and uh, I, I no, we'll get another chance to talk, or at least that's the plan between here and there. Uh, nobody knows for sure, uh, but the expectation would be we'll get to talk again. But uh, should something else occur, uh, have a very Merry Christmas, sir, and I look forward to our next opportunity to get together and talk. Thank you. Godspeed, and a Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your family, and a Merry Christmas to your wonderful audience as well. And uh, God bless you. God bless America, and may America bless God. All right. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Ron Edwards. He is the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience uh, that uh, he laid out earlier, all the places where you can hear that great show. And it is a great show, no doubt about it. Uh, I guess we're going to have to try to wind things down a little bit here as we are uh, quickly running out of time. But before we do that, I wanted to give another shout-out to Chief, who uh, while we've had some other folks pop into the chat room and uh, they popped back out, so uh, that's where we're at. It's Sunday. Uh, we're heading into the week of Christmas, which is a time that we should utilize to reflect and think about all the blessings that we have been granted and uh, start to – to plan for what our goals are for the upcoming year as well. Uh, you know, we we more than often gloss over Thanksgiving and play it off like uh, 
sure, I'm going to take a few minutes to say what I'm thankful for, and then we eat a bunch of food, watch some football, and don't think about it anymore. Uh, shameful. Uh, and now we've got Christmas upcoming, and we do need to remember the reason for the season, if you'll forgive the cliche-ish way to uh, deliver that, but it really is the point that we need to bring. In the meanwhile, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here and listening, no matter how you listened or where you're listening from. Uh, you are part of the Tap into the Truth family, and if for some reason you may be listening to a rebroadcast on one of the stations that will not be carrying the show into the next year, you are cordially invited to come uh, listen at Spreaker or at Blog Talk if you want to join me live or however else you want to do so. But regardless, you are part of the Tap into the Truth family, and uh, you are a uh, loved, welcome member, and may the uh, blessings of the holiday season last throughout the entirety of the upcoming year. In the meanwhile, don't take my word for any little bit of it. No, sir, but don't take the other guy's word for it either, though. I want you to put in a little effort. And more importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, stay safe, stay healthy, and, you know, be smart, even uh, even if that kind of goes against your nature a little bit. Merry Christmas, everybody, and we'll be back hopefully Tuesday night. I'm out. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>